Welcome to Money, Mindset, and Love with your host, Thomas DeShooter. As our title implies, this program is about so much more than money. We'll focus on the game of life and the best way to play it with empowerment, love, and financial freedom. Now, here's your host, Thomas DeShooter. Hey there, welcome to Money, Mindset, and Love. I am your host, Thomas DeShooter, and uh, great to be with you Wonderful Christmas up here in Canada. We had, actually yesterday was Boxing Day, and for um, listeners that aren't in Canada, Boxing Day is, a, is an actual national holiday where we get uh, the day off of work. And so uh, I watched as the Dow Jones Industrial Average yesterday moved up 1,000 points, its largest point increase ever in a day, uh, almost a 5% gain, and uh, it, you know, a lot of that was on the back of retail sales, Amazon coming out saying these they had the most sales that they've ever experienced at a, at a Christmas break. And so that drove a lot of the market yesterday. But I do still have a little bit of a concern. And, um, and here's what that is, is that we're still seeing interest rates where uh, the 10-year rate in the U.S. is, uh, is about 2.7% return. And the two-year rate is at about 2.57. And, you know, it's interesting when you can look at it and go, hey, if I, if I lock in my money for two years, I get 2.57. But if I lock it in for 10, I'm not getting much of a bonus for doing that. And uh, as those two numbers move closer together, we run into a, a situation where we might have short-term rates paying more than long-term rates. And that is what they call an inverted yield curve. And basically what it means almost every time is that we are going to have a recession. And so I'm not trying to be a fear monger. I'm just aware and I'm just watching those two because those are the critical uh, pieces that I look at when I'm looking at long-term investments and deciding how I'm going to invest my money is what are yields doing? Where is my safety net for rates? And so those two numbers are moving closer. And so that does have me on alert in terms of, uh, in terms of what's happening in the markets. Uh, and then yesterday, I've, I found this great article on CNBC, a gentleman by the name of Chris Reiner, who has quit his job at the age of 37, having over $1 million in the bank. And he was, he was working as an IT uh, professional. And uh, what I loved about the article was that he shared so many of my own personal views on how to build wealth. And one of them was... He hates the word budgeting, and I hate the word budgeting. To me, budgeting is like dieting, right? Like nobody wants to diet. Nobody wants to budget. The biggest challenge with a budget is people can't stick with it. And so in my personal view, budgeting doesn't work over the long term. What is required, though, is a mind shift in how we view our cash flow. And so that's the money into our personal economy and the money going out of our personal economy. And today we are actually going to have a guest on the show who knows something about this, who's in the real estate market and can speak from that aspect of managing cash flow around real estate. But for me, when we build cash flow plans, when we actually look at the money in, the money out, and first of all, servicing the things that we need to do, for example, you know, feed ourselves, pay our rent, uh, put our, you know, pay for our heat and our gas or our mortgage, whatever that looks like. What surprises me is how often 
buying investments isn't part of the plan for people. And yet, if I could get people to shift their thinking of instead of buying a sports car, I'm going to buy this awesome investment that's going to make me a bunch of cash over the next 30 or 40 years. Like, let's get excited about that. That would be super cool if people started to focus on their cash flow as the opportunity to buy investments that are going to reward them over the long term. So, one of the other things that Chris talked about was visualizing your financial goals. And he uses a graph to do that. And I'm somebody who believes in, you know, a morning meditation practice. And that's where I do a lot of my visualizing. And I encourage you, stepping into 2019, to start a morning practice of some kind or to start visualizing what it is you want for your life. And along those lines, when it comes to using visualization or graphs or tools, if you go to our Bloom Strategies, so that's bloomstrategies.com, and look up our tools, this is a perfect time of year to do something called the balance sheet. Now, what that is, is very simply a net worth statement. What it looks at is the things you own versus the things you owe. And if you end every year looking at that and start to review them over time, you will see a trend. And that starts to bring your awareness to your own personal finances. And I think, you know, just looking at putting in some real simple things like doing a balance sheet at the end of this year, starting to visualize in your life the kinds of things you want to attract for yourself financially is a great start for 2019. It doesn't take, you know, I'm not saying go out and get a gym membership and go to the gym five days a week. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just try a couple of small little changes to how you're currently operating and start bringing your awareness to around money. And the last thing I'll invite you to do is we're going to start a new challenge in 2019 called the Prosperity Challenge, the 21-Day Prosperity Challenge. It's a course that we're planning on offering. Uh, so this is a finding out what it's going to look like course. In other words, we're going to invite people in and you're going to sort of test it along with us so that we can see what works and what doesn't work. So if you want to go to the prosperitychallenge.com, that's the website, theprosperitychallenge.com, and register. We'll invite you in to doing that course with us. We're going to kick it off sometime in January, and it's, got, it's all designed to uh, help others to start shifting their focus on money and how money shows up in their world. All right. Enough of the day-to-day -day stuff. Here we go. We've got a fantastic guest uh, standing by. Josh has been so patient. Let me start off with... Um, with Josh's bio. So Josh Zuniga is a real estate entrepreneur with Phoenix, Arizona, uh, sorry, within Phoenix, Arizona, alongside with working with his family. Josh is now making the transition to a new arena in life, the arena of public speaking and social influencer within society, speaking about things I love, love, <laughs> I love that. I go. love, love, compassion and kindness to help raise the frequency and vibration of humanity. Josh, welcome to the show and thank you for being so patient. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. It's always good to see your face and always good to be speaking with you. We, I know you and I had a wonderful connection um, in Salt Lake and it's just, it's always good to see you and uh, see your life and the beautiful things you're doing. I'm happy to be a part of everything you are and be on the show. So thank you. My pleasure. And that's why Josh is on the show. Did you see all of the accolades he just shared with me? It's like, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course, man. Yeah. So, uh, so here's my, um, so Josh, let me set this up a little. My thinking in, in wanting Josh to be on the show was 
I was just, uh, I had gone to Salt Lake. Um, I shared that on the show a little while ago to, to uh, do a, a mentorship program. And, and Josh happened to be um, participating in the same program as I was. And so we met, uh, we met actually at the airport. And then we uh, ended up sharing a room uh, for a couple of nights as well, staying in a house. And I was just so taken, Josh, by your uh, gift of giving and spreading the word of love. And, and what I'm really curious about, I guess, uh, to share with our listeners is, you know, you're a very young man um, yeah. in comparison. You know, I think, I, I think you're half my age, actually. <laughs> I'm usually sometimes the youngest in the room in this new arena that I call like public speaking, it seems like. Yeah. And 28 years old. Yeah. And so I'm just, I was just so uh, taken by your passion and desire to share love in the world and the work you do um, on the streets of, of Phoenix as well, working with people. And I guess my first question is, how did this happen? Like, where did this come from? You know, have, is it, has it always been this way for you or is this a new awakening? Um, I don't want to, I don't, it's definitely an awakening. I don't want to say it's new. It's something that's happened. It's been a part of me in my life for like, I'd say around 10 years now, when I was at the age of 19, I, just noticed and felt that there was something different with me, not like with like physiology, but just the way that I was thinking, the way that I was feeling, the emotions and the thoughts and the appreciation and the gratitude that it just had like flowing through my heart that is actually, and it's going through my mind, it's going through my heart, but I just, I realized I was starting to see more of the beauty in everything and every place and every one and every moment that I was in. And I was very present. I was very aware. Um, to that and I was I was like oh my god this is so beautiful like I can walk out in the morning you know at 6 30 a.m and feel and absolutely be so grateful for the life that I have first you know taking a moment to say thank you and I'm a believer of faith you know thanking God for the life that I was given because somebody else wasn't given that chance somebody else wasn't given that opportunity so how am I going to use my natural talents and abilities and the love that I have for myself and my family and the world to have an influence on others by changing the mindset of their, their mind and having influence on their heart so mm. they can go out and change the world. That was kind of the experience that I walked into as a very young man. And there were, I was, I'm not going to say I did it on my own. There was definitely some relationships that kind of had a huge play with that. There were mentors, you know, at, at an early age for me. A lot of the friends that I have are in their 30s, 40s, and even 50s because I always thought out wisdom from them because I know they've experienced life. I know they've gone through, you know, gone through trials and struggles. I want to know exactly what their story was so I can actually implement it and better serve me and other people. Um, there was definitely a book that changed and influenced me in a big way. It was called conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Um, the book itself, when I was going through these changes in my life, I was actually, I was in a different space, you know, probably for about a year, year and a half, maybe even two years, because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why I was experiencing this or why I was so emotional. I was literally, I was, I was crying at commercials on the TV. I was crying at songs, you know, on the radio, just driving. I was just crying at seeing people on the streets and just, I felt so much love and compassion, you know, for, for these people and, and for everything. And everything had more meaning to it. And it was so beautiful. And I wanted to be able to change you know, people's mindset on that to live in this place of beauty that I felt like I was in. 
Because if we're able to live in a place of gratitude or in a state of gratitude and be thankful for who we are today and love ourselves and literally and generally mean that, putting your hand on your star and saying, I love me. I love who I am. I love the person that I have become, you know, through my, through my experience in life. And now what I want to do, I want to share that love with humanity. That's a big step. A lot, there's a lot of people that I you would say that struggle with that and identifying who they really are. I want to be there for them. I want to be there to help them identify their self-worth and letting them know you were born in this world for a purpose, for a reason. This wasn't by mistake. This was by design. Let's focus on that. Hmm. And let's help become better people in this world. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that has definitely happened over the last, you say, nine to ten years that have kind of put me in that state. But it's always been a goal of mine to get more of this message that I feel so compassionate about um, and get it in front of more people, in front of more viewers, a bigger audience, so it can hear and influence more hearts, touch more hearts. So we can also, we can do this as a team. I don't want to do this by myself. That's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It's better to be just like you say, Jesus Christ, you know, he trained his disciples. I would love nothing more than to train people in the way of compassion and love, the way that God did, the way that Jesus did. You know, I always use, I don't, I don't bring too much of religion or faith-based practices into what I speak, but everybody knows what love is. Everybody know, can understand what love feels like. You know, when the first thing what you do when you're born is that we're all born in this world the same. Clean slate, the first thing that you feel is your mother's love. I want to be able to bring you back to that present time, that moment, and then that feeling so we can do it for other people. Hmm. Yeah, it gets it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to share, we're going to, we're going to be taking a break uh, real quick here, but I just want to share a story with, uh, with our listeners out there that another thing that just um, really showed me who you were is we were out, uh, uh, we were at the spiritual summit on the Saturday morning. We went out for lunch and uh, there was a gentleman in the restaurant that was definitely struggling. I don't know if you recall this. I do. And he was so wanting to be heard in some capacity, and he came over to sit down with us. And and it could I could very much tell that there was uh, perhaps some mental health issues going on, or a state of being issue for sure. Yeah. And I was just so surprised that uh, you know we invited him in and we sat down with him, but then you actually took it upon yourself to take him away to a table and go sit down and talk to him. And just mm-hmm. be with him and allow him some space to uh, to say what he needed to say. And I'm I'm just curious: is this does this do you do this a lot? Is this is this a regular occurrence for you that you just have this capacity to want to do that with people? I I feel people, man. I, I that's that's the best way I could. As soon as he walked up, I knew there was something different, and that we were going to bring a new experience into this man's world. I could tell that what the way he was presenting himself was a little bit uncomfortable to everybody that was around us. So I wanted to bring him away from that situation because I knew he was lonely. I could see it in his eyes. I could feel it from him himself. And I sat him down at the table and I was like, Hey, but I just, well, how, how are you today? What's going on? 
you know, and I, and right away he just opened up. He said that he was lonely. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have many friends. And he did say that he did have, you know, an illness. He didn't really go into detail with it, but I could tell that, you know, his, his thoughts were kind of just jumbling around. But I, I, I touched him, man. I, 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 I touched his hand. And I was like, it's okay. I was like, I'm your friend. I'm here. I'm with you. And I was like, I'm not here. Like you said, I'm not here by mistake. I was supposed to be introduced to you for some way, shape, or form, or whatever reason it is, to let you know that you're not in this world alone. And, you know, that kind of stems back from my childhood. I always look back, and there's been stories and experiences that I've had where I've been in a situation that was very uncomfortable, where I didn't feel wanted, where I didn't feel accepted. But there mm. was people that showed me that love and showed me the acceptance who were strangers just moments before. And I never forgot that. I never forgot that void that, that, feel, that, that they filled in that instant moment in time. I feel the same way with when I see people in situations like that. I never want to let anybody know that they're left out. Hmm. It's like, we're all born in this world of family. I want them to feel that. I want them to know that we're always here for each other. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I'd like to dive a little bit into the, um, the real estate side of what you do, this being a show about money, mindset, and love, uh, and uh, talk about that experience and how maybe uh, some of your mindset around being so open and willing to share comes into your business and some of your business practices. Would that be all right? Of course. Yeah, great. You are listening to Money, Mindset, and Love on the Voice America Network on the Influencers Channel. I am your host, Thomas DeShooter, and we'll be right back after a quick short break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you feel uneasy visiting a bank? Do you struggle to sit through a meeting with your financial advisor and leave having not fully understood what they were talking about? Are you blindly trusting that somebody else understands this better than you? Call Thomas the Shooter and the team at Bloom Strategies to create your financial future. Together, you will break down the game of money so that you win. Learn how to take control of your finances and make decisions based on your core values that put you in the driver's seat of your financial life. No more thinking that you don't get it. No more financial statements left unopened. And no more feeling like you are stuck in a world of scarcity. Join the conversation on Facebook at Bloom Strategies or go to bloomstrategies.com today. That's B-L-O-O-M strategies.com. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America in Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to Money, Mindset, and Love. 
To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to thomas at thomasdeshooter.com. Now back to Money, Mindset, and Love. Hi there. Welcome back to Voice America's Influencers Channel and Money, Mindset, and Love. I'm your host, Thomas Deshooter. We are with our guest today, Josh Zuniga of Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Josh, we left the break talking about uh, your work within the community and with people around love and, and how that has sort of prospered inside of you. I'd like to take it a little bit now into the real estate world. So why don't you set the platform a bit for what it is you do in real estate and uh, we can talk a little bit about how the market is going. But I also want to see how the mindset and love aspect shows up into your business. But maybe just uh, set the grounds for what it is you do and what you see. Okay, beautiful. So my family has been involved in real estate for the last 27, going on 28 years here within Phoenix, Arizona. My parents started a credit reporting agency that deals directly with the biggest mortgage banks and lenders here within uh, Phoenix and also in other states. My brother has been a lender um, he had his own brokerage um, just before the crash, um, but now he's with a, a wonderful uh, brokerage of uh, Fairway, Fairway Mortgage. He's been with them you know, quite some time now, so he's been in the industry for like 20 years. So I, I handle kind of the investment side you know, for the family. So I am a real estate agent here within Phoenix, Arizona. So I handle your listings and I handle your regular purchases, but I also do flips for the family. Um, I also do flips for other investors. And I also do wholesaling, so I'll actually be able to wholesale uh, certain properties uh, to these investors that are looking to uh, double down and, you know, make some extra cash, you know, on the side. So I kind of, for them, the system that I have, I was like, you know what, this is an example. It's like, Bill, when you work with me, all you have to do is collect a check. I'm going to locate the property for you. I'm going to rehab it with my team or your team as far as our general contractors. I'm going to market it and I'm going to sell it. Then you're going to get your cut at the end of the day. So that's a system I've implemented over the last few years that's become um, it's done very, very well. I picked up uh, probably like three or four new guys just within the last 30 days are going to be part of that program. Uh, the flipping arena here still is still is doing great, uh, but there definitely has been a little few changes here within the market, I would say, in the last uh, four, to, uh, four to six months for sure. Great. And would you say that is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm up here in Canada, but would you say that Phoenix is a pretty good example of what's going on overall in the market or is really uh, America much more like there's pockets that do really well and then there's pockets that aren't going to be doing really well? Yeah, I definitely say that there is pockets um, here, here. One of the biggest things that we have as far as growth here is just the cost of living compared to other areas is very, very low and it's very reasonable. Um, there was a stat putting out by 2026, I believe we're going to have another, another million new residents being here in Arizona or Phoenix itself. We're already at 3.5. So mm-hmm. being another million, that's definitely why it's on the rise. You know, 25% of our, uh, of our growth within the housing market is from builders, um, from new builds. And that's been on the rise since, I'd say, 2004, 2015. So it does a very big um, chunk of what we do here within Phoenix. And there's a lot more land that's at a, an affordable price that we can put it at. The resale uh, side has definitely, I think we're reaching kind of like our peak at this point in time. Um, you're seeing houses sit on the market probably 30 to 60 days longer than they were last year um, mm-hmm. due to, I say, your, your increase in interest rates. And then obviously there's now being put out the word that, oh, we're going into a recession. Well, even I, I follow it. Every, everybody's always scared that it's going to be a housing bubble that's going to pop. You know, is that necessarily? I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. It might. 
Um, but whatever does happen within the market, obviously the real estate market is going to have an effect. You know, the real estate market is a huge driver for the economy and any economy from your contractors to all your, uh, from all your tradesmen, everything has a huge effect um, on what we do. Do I think it's going to affect me in some way? I definitely do, but there's also going to be more opportunities to be able to create, you know, if there is, you know, a certain downturn in the market. Right. You know, um, you uh, touched on it a little bit. There's a, there's a saying uh, from Franklin D. Roosevelt, we got nothing to fear but fear itself. Correct. And it's almost like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not uh, an advocate of fear mongering. I, I, my commentary off the top is more of an awareness that, hey, this is what I see. And I'm, I run, uh, yeah, I run alongside that thinking of, you know, if we put out into the consciousness that there's going to be a recession and you better, you know, batten down the hatches and, you know, watch your spending and save and don't, you know, make any big purchases. Well, guess what's going to happen? That's exactly, we're actually going to prophesize the exact effect that people are going to have, right? If we push that Correct. too much. Correct. It happens. Uh, oh, go for it. I'm sorry. No, no. Sorry like, uh, and so, you know, so I'm mindful of the consciousness, but we can run the risk of creating something happening when just through our own speaking and consciousness out there. It will happen. I don't know if you're very, I'm very mindful of what happens in, in the media. The media programs us. If they're going to say there's going to be a recession, they're going to start pumping out all kinds of news, all kinds of articles, all kinds of uh, stats. You know, you know, some of the stats may obviously be you know real, but the more that they start feeding that into our minds, the more we're actually going to believe it, whether it's a liar or not. You know, we're going to cut back on spending. You need to, you need to stop buying these big purchases. You need to stop going to the store. You need to stop spending four hundred dollars at Costco on the weekend, um, and then that's going to retract everything, and our spending is going to definitely tighten up. Um, so, yeah, if that's going to happen, you know, all you have to do is be prepared. I think fear steps in that place because nobody has a plan for it. Like he, me and my family were obviously, I, I experienced a recession when I was 18 years old. I was actually going to start in the real estate market when I was 18 and had a plan for the next 10 years to almost have an exit strategy, essentially. But, you know, that the recession did happen. The market wasn't great here within Phoenix. Um, so I just went to school and I started the corporate world. But now that I have a pretty good understanding of what happened and a pretty good awareness. My family and I have built, you know, a system or um, have put plans in place to know exactly how to prepare for something like that, but also how to create opportunities in a down market in real estate. Right. And I'm curious, would you, would you talk a little bit about that? Like what, you know, uh, what kind of opportunities do you see potentially in a down market or when, uh, how much leverage should somebody use or what sort of risk level should somebody be willing to take on? The risk level is going to be what they're comfortable with, you know, honestly. Um, at this point in time, I see a lot of our guys uh, liquidating some of their assets. So they're going to just hold on their cash. So we, even with this, like a lot of the houses, whether it's a down market, whether it's an up market, there's always going to be a buyer to need to buy a house. So with this opportunity, even with like a lot of these um, hedge funds we see coming in, they're just doing buy and holds just like they did before. So when they come, they're going to buy and hold, the market's going to do a little downturn. They're going to wait on it. You know, once it starts to recover, and then they're going to sell it or they're going to rehab it, and then they're going to make their money back and then some. So if, if um, an individual has the means to do that, you know, with their own cash where they can leverage cash, great, go for it. You know, and just know that like you're saying, this is a long, this is a longer term investment. 
it's not going to happen. You know, within a year or two years, you're definitely going to have to wait it out um, to see the gains at the end. But they will be they will be handsome. Um, as far as what we do as a family, we are considering different different avenues and different moves. But as far we're, I know we're definitely going to stay within the wholesale and the flipping um, aspect because now at this point in time, if we do have a recession, there will be individuals that um, are going to be we call them distressed sellers but they will be in a tough spot, you know, financially and in a tough position and we'll be able to walk in, you know, and speak with them, set up a deal and create an opportunity for them. Mm. Um, so we'll be able to help them so they don't, you know, either go into a pre foreclosure process or a short sale and we'll be able to get them out from under where they're at. Right. And would you, so what's the rental market like? Like, is this an opportunity also to pick up some places and create additional cash flow in one's life where, where they can buy a place, um, you know, on a downward? I mean, ultimately, I always look at it this way. Like, if I can buy on a downward slope, create cash to cover, you know, the day-to-day managing of the business and then ride it out for the upward trajectory and sell out, you know, up here somewhere, right? Like, yeah. over top, like create another mountain chart on the other side. That's, yeah. that's the ultimate, right? And so is that, is the rental market in Phoenix strong for something like that? I would say it is. I honestly, I, I, I've, uh, I go to these investor meetings, you know, every month, our, our rental market is actually underpriced from what it should be compared to the other rates nationally. Um, so if you're a renter, you know, that's great. Um, here with even, I think our, our multifamily has increased. God, I don't even know. I think it's like well over 30%. Like when I look in different parts of the city, you just see nothing but these high rises going up and multifamily going up um, because they know that's where it's going to happen. People are going to need to start renting, you know, again. Um, they say that's always a sign that there will be, you know, a downturn in the market. Um, but yes, just like you were saying, that's a perfect way to do it. If you're able to buy here in the down market, write it out for rental income, you know, have some type of cash flow on the properties for, you say, two or three years and then, you know, sell it on the upside. That's, uh, that's a big move that a lot of guys do. Um, that's something that we're doing here also. Right. And what's the, um, so what, you know, your brother, you said your brother's in finance, right? So what kind of finance arrangements can people start getting into? Is there, uh, is there somebody they can talk to? Is there, you know, how would somebody start the process say of, Hey, I want to put together some properties in a down market. I want to start creating extra cash flow. What, what could somebody start looking at? Um, there's some financial partners. I know my brother and I have, there's a lot of guys that we speak with in California. Triumph Capital is one of them. I have, there's another one called Kayap Capital. Um, there's another guy that I had just come in. Um, he's, he put in some, some cool packages that we have, you know, together as far as leveraging, um, some partners, putting some money together. Um, so you actually purchase some of these homes or for some of these uh, opportunities. Uh, but then obviously with a, a turnover, you know, within five to seven years. Right. Right. And what kind of rates are we uh, looking at currently in the market? Are you on top of those? Um, Anywhere from nine to fourteen. It really depends on the kind of deal that you structure with these guys and how much cash they have on hand. A lot of these guys are backed, you know, and they have really, really deep pockets. Um, some of them do charge points up front, you know, one to two points. Um, there are some that don't, um, but you will pay a higher rate at that point too. Right. So there's there's definitely a cost pay to play, you know, for this. Okay. But if the numbers work out for you, um, it could be it could work out very well. Right. Uh, now, Josh, how much of your mindset, your personal beliefs drive your ability to move your business forward and, uh, you know, create or attract more wealth into your, into your person? 
my person or to me as an individual? Well, yeah, to you as an individual. Like how much are you focusing on creating a mindset around abundance, attraction, you know, having the life you love? How much of that is part of your belief system in creating? It's a, it's, it's a huge part. It's obviously for any individual, you have to understand, you know, what is my desire? What is my why? You know, um, I obviously want to create a good living for myself. But the biggest thing is I want to create a good living for my family, but that's not the family that I don't even have yet. It's for my future wife and it's for my future kids. Um, I want to be able to put, be, a, be in a position in my life to where I can spend more time with them. And I know that it's going to take, you know, having a, a smart financial education and have the assets in place to create the residual income to allow me to do that. So I don't have money working for me and not me working for it. Um, so that's that's something that's always in the back of my mind and always my parents. My parents, if it, I wouldn't be in the position I am today if it wasn't for them. I wouldn't have the mindset. I wouldn't have the heart. I wouldn't have the half the character that I am as a man if it wasn't for them. So my desire for them is to always take them on more to more dinners and, you know, and, and spend more time with them and spend you know, more vacations with them. So they have all your will and your desire is big enough. It'll, it'll help you achieve what you need to achieve and get you up at 4.30 or 5.30, whatever you need to do and put in the work um, for that because there's love surrounded by that. You know, I, just like you were saying earlier, the desire for a sports car is not a true desire. That doesn't have meaning. That has, you know, that's going to satisfy a want or a pleasure for a short period of time. But when you have something that's, you know, deeper inside of you, like you say, like your wife or your kids, or even if you want to get back and do wonderful things in the community, like I, like I have done, that's going to be a, a huge driving force. It's going to make things work for you. Mm. So you're talking about having a why, a reason to do something beyond just yourself. Yes. Yeah. Did you get that from your parents? Uh, yes, I'm, I'll be honest. Like you, you're, there, I'm. We we as kids, we as individuals, are a direct result of you know who our parents are. We're raised with them, you know, for eighteen or eighteen plus years of our life. We're going to learn love. We're going to learn compassion. We're going to learn intimacy. We're going to learn about relationships. We're going to learn about you know finances from my parents. I learned a lot of that from them, um, but a lot of it, you know, once I was out of the house, I learned you know on myself and my own experiences that I've had. Um, but the why. I guess you can say is something that, you know, changes over time. Um, mm. But I think it gets stronger over time as well. When you really decide who you are as a person, who you want to be now today, and who do you want to become, you know, in three years, five years, 10 years. Right. So do you have a process for that? Do you have uh, some, do you do like an end of year vision board? Do you do a meditation? Oh, yeah. That says, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, just like you do, I'd meditate. You know, I try to meditate uh, daily. You know, I usually wake up around 4.30 or 5, and then I'll meditate, you know, for at least 20 to 30 minutes. I also have a daily devotional that I read. Uh, I also have a gratitude journal that I uh, write in um, where I set my intentions. You know, what am I grateful for currently today? And then what am I grateful for in the future? Almost felt like I'm manifesting it, you mm-hmm. know, as far as what I'm bringing. It's never, it's, and honestly, it's, it's never material. Like when I was first younger and I start, I learned about the law of attraction when I was like 18 years old. I was like, oh, wow, if I think of, this cool car, I can bring it into my life. Or if I can think about this job, I'll bring it into my life. That's awesome. But as we, as our minds mature, we realize that's not really what's important. 
you know, the love that I have and I share and communicate with others is my number one. That's always what I put on there. It's my number one. Because I feel like the message that was given to me, whether you wanted to call it God or what you want to call it the universe, was given to me for a reason, but not to keep within myself, but to share with people mm-hmm. through my presence, through my touch, through my voice, through my experience. And that's, that's a huge driving force for me. Real estate's great. Real estate's fun. I love it. Um, it creates a great living for me. But people and relationships... And focusing on that is my true passion. Yeah. Well, if there if there were no people, who would you uh, have have all the exactly. fun selling real estate with, right? <laughs> it'd be it'd be very boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you know I feel the same. I'm blessed to have the career I have and uh, and the connection with people that I have. And you know, it's I mean, anytime you start talking to people about their money, it it becomes an intimate relationship because money is has such deep meaning and such deep uh, feelings for people. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's joy and sometimes it's a wound right around money. It's uh, it's been very, it's been fascinating to me over the last two decades. Uh, what my, you know, my perception of money and how it's changed and uh, the, you know, the idea that it's, it's, it's an energy system. It's, it's an exchange of energy. It is a tool that we can use and harness and, uh, and really, you know, focusing around the mindset around that has become such a fascination for me that uh, I'm really excited about, you know, diving into that more in the future. We have to take yeah. a quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to be with our, continue with our guest, uh, Josh Zuniga at, uh, from Phoenix, Arizona. And you are listening to Money, Mindset, Love on the Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm your host, Thomas Shooter. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Do you feel uneasy visiting a bank? Do you struggle to sit through a meeting with your financial advisor and leave having not fully understood what they were talking about? Are you blindly trusting that somebody else understands this better than you? Call Thomas Shooter and the team at Bloom Strategies to create your financial future. Together, you will break down the game of money so that you win. Learn how to take control of your finances and make decisions based on your core values that put you in the driver's seat of your financial life. No more thinking that you don't get it. No more financial statements left unopened. And no more feeling like you are stuck in a world of scarcity. Join the conversation on Facebook at Bloom Strategies or go to bloomstrategies.com today. That's B-L-O-O-M strategies.com. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
You're listening to Money, Mindset, and Love. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to thomas at thomasdeshooter.com. Now back to Money, Mindset, and Love. Welcome back to Money, Mindset, and Love. I am your host, Thomas Deshooter, and we are speaking with Josh Zuniga of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Josh, we left off uh, talking about real estate in our last segment. I'd like to bring us uh, back around, though, to kind of where we started, which was um, where you are within yourself, the love that you have. And I know that one of the things that I was intrigued by when I first met you was the uh, community work that you do and uh, and the outreach that you do and just some of your experiences around that because I think it's probably helped shape the person you are today. So uh, I don't know if you have any particular stories you'd like to share or just launch into what it is you do in, inside the community. I, I'd love to know. Yeah, definitely. Um, being part of the community and giving back has always been a, um, a big part of my heart and what I've always wanted to do. I started a clothing line in 2000, I believe it was 2014. Yeah, I believe it was. Um, but I knew that I wanted my company to be socially responsible. The clothing line was called LVLF Apparel. It's stated for live life and love life. The true meaning behind it was to express that life was a gift every single day. So my, I'll give you, I'll take a step back for, I, I did my first mission trip when I was 22 or 23 years old. And it was through my church, CCV, but the organization we went with was called One Mission. Um, and when I went down, uh, I actually had the opportunity to go with my father, and it's here within Mexico. It's like three and a half hours away from us uh, in Puerto Banasco, which is also called Rocky Point. And it, it changed me. It, it literally changed me in a big way. And I was, I was already a humble individual and very grateful, but it just brought me down to a newer level. Because what we do for these families is we are, we're, we're, we're creating a house for them in three days. But this house is 11 by 22, two windows and a door and a roof. There's no heating. There's no plumbing. There's no AC. There's no furniture. There's no toilet. There's nothing. It's literally just a slab, four walls, and a roof. But to them, this meant something. To them, this meant opportunity. This meant dignity. This meant protection. This meant a new life for their family. And I was, I was blown away. I was completely shocked. To us, by our standards, that would be a shed. Um, but the biggest um, thing I was grateful for is that my father was there. I don't speak Spanish. I'm a coconut. I'm brown on the outside, white on the inside. I'm the only one that doesn't speak Spanish in my family. I was born here in Phoenix, uh, but my parents were born and my brothers were born in New Mexico. So they were surrounded by it you know, through our family. But my dad was there to translate. He was the translator within the group. And I was so fascinated with their experience and their emotions that I wanted. I always asked that, hey, I have a question for them. Can you ask them this? Can you ask them that? And one of the biggest things that the lady, um, which was a mother, you know, said to me that just kind of took me back was that, it was like, they called us Los Angeles, which means the angels. And it was like, we are thankful that you are here, you know, providing us with this home. But one of the things you have to understand is that before you came here, you know, we were already happy and we already had love and we already had God and we already had each other. And he has brought, and because we focus on that, he has brought us this blessing, which is you and now this home. And that you have to understand that we live life and love life 
no matter what our circumstances are every single day. And that just brought me to my knees and mm-hmm. because it, it made me so passionate about what she said. She remembers she said, live life and love life. That was the name of my company, LVLF. Right. I was so, I was so mesmerized by it. That I had the opportunity to meet the founder and CEO of uh, one mission while I was down there that I said, I love what you're doing. I want to have coffee with you next week. So we sat down on Wednesday. I was like, what can I do to help you, you know, grow this organization and bring more awareness to it? I'm pretty good on social media and I bring out, you know, a lot of attention through that and bring a lot of awareness. So they, it moved me in such a way that it made me, you know, jump on board. I'm part of the advisory board with one mission. And I, I started a clothing line just based off of that inspiration alone because I knew it's necessary. You know, there are so many people that have it really hard in this world, you know, and, and there's some of them are even in our own backyard in our own city. You know, there's, and, and that's why I wanted to be a part of my organization here within Phoenix. So there's another organization I partnered with them, um, been with for the last four, three years now. It's called Rekindle. And we do a lot for helping the homeless here within Phoenix. We have an event called Second Chance Saturday. So every second Saturday of the month, we go down to the shelter services here within Arizona. And we bring 30 to 40 volunteers. And we bring all kinds of donations that are pretty much for them to survive. You know, and that's going to have to do with like toiletries, you know, non-perishable food. We'll bring them water. We'll bring them socks. We'll bring them underwear. We'll bring them clothes. We'll bring them jackets. We'll bring them shoes. Anything that they need to survive on the streets. And people don't really know, like even here within Phoenix, but we are probably one of the, we have the fifth, I think fifth highest rate of homelessness in the nation. That shocked me. That absolutely shocked me. And I, I feel for these people because I get to speak to them. I get to touch them. I get to know their stories. And they're good people. They're no different than you or I. They're just running on hard times. But we kind of, you know, when we're driving by, we kind of shrug our shoulders to them or we look away because we think that panhandlers or homelessness people are somebody that are dangerous, that somebody's going to hurt you. It's like they're trying to live for another day. They're not trying to hurt you. I promise you that. And you have to understand, like within Phoenix, 12 to 15% of the homeless population is, is panhandlers. But there are women, there are children, there are family that are in need. And that's what you have to understand. I just want to bring a different perspective to what homelessness really is and how we can help uh, people here within our, my own city here. Hmm. How, much, um, how much time do you spend uh, out in the community, would you say? Uh, quite a bit. Like, it's not even just like on that certain event that we do. Um, but I also, I have these little donations that I pick up. So I'll go around even with my clients and people that are um, within my social sphere and I'll pick up donations from their homes and their houses and I have, we have quarterly advisory meetings for one mission. And then I at least try to go down, you know, two times a year to do a, uh, a build or a mission trip and build homes, you know, for the community. But I do more probably with uh, awareness, you know, just putting things out there on social media, because by doing that, it creates a web, it creates a connection, and it creates um, um, a point of contact for me to plug these people in. I'm kind of like within the real estate community, everybody always reaches out to me. Hey, Josh, what can I do for, you know, community service or can I help out with this? Can I help out with that? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. I would love to bring you a part of this because that awareness brings inspiration. That inspiration brings change and that creates action. So that's mm. why I do it. Right. You know, I'm fascinated by the, 
Did you say the house was 11 by 22? The the yep. builds that you were doing, 11 by 22? Yeah. And yet, that's the, so what did the, what would these people typically have before you show up to do a build? What would they be living in? Man, it would just be, it would just be stuff like probably be from like, just hanging around on the, on the streets. It'd be like tin, trash mm-hmm. bags, tarps, you know, some of it would probably be concrete or brick, uh, pallets, wood. It's kind of just kind of constructed together and, you know, going through the weather and going through the elements, that thing is going to leak. <laughs> You're, you're going to be cold. You're going to be freezing, you know, out there. Like even here within Arizona, it's a desert, but it still gets down to, you know, the 30s. And I was like, not having four walls or have, not having any type of insulation, that's, that hurts. That doesn't feel good, you know, especially going up to now. Even, at, even if I was a father or a mother, knowing that I can't even keep my kids warm would kill me inside. Hmm. So when you actually speak to these mothers and these fathers, you feel for them. Because I don't even have children yet, but I know how that would crush me. But so that's yet, why I would do it. You know, what I find fascinating about that is what she said to you. Yet, within all of that, they're already in a place of love and happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, yeah, it, it's because their life is simplified. Hmm. It's just them. You know, they have, they have a lot of faith has to do with, you know, where they're at and where they're, uh, where they're at in their life and their mindset. But even with that, if you take all of your possessions away, everything that you have in material and all you're left with is your family and the love that you have for your family, that still goes a long way. That's still meaning in life. Because when we leave this earth, that's all we take. Our relationships and our memories and the love that we're able to share and communicate with them. Hmm. So when we focus and change our perspective on those aspects, life has more meaning and we don't get caught up with, Oh my God, I don't have the BMW or Oh my God, I don't have the 4,000 square foot house or I didn't go on that wonderful vacation. But you have your health and you have your wife and your kids focus on that. You know, um, a number of years ago uh, around, I think it was 2011. We, uh, we were on a, we were we had a house in Vancouver. We were actually on one of the um, one of the islands off the coast of Vancouver, um, just hanging out for a few days. And I got a call from our neighbor, and our house had been uh, broken into. So you know the twins would have been, uh, I think they were six or no five, five or six years old. They might have just turned six. Yeah. Um, and so we were we were with them, and and so any anyhow, I flew home right away to check it out. And yeah, we had been broken into, a bunch of stuff had been stolen, and you know you're you go through this whole at least for us we went through this whole like upset, and you feel like somebody's you know invaded your privacy, and I got to deal with insurance and the police, and then yeah. one of the girls, with the infinite wisdom of a child, says. Well, at least they didn't take us, mummy and daddy. And it was like, oh yeah, yeah. And and in like in that instant, all of the other stuff didn't matter. Yeah, right. It just became nothing at all. And yeah. uh, and and that sounds like that's kind of what you're speaking about. That's what that lady down that you were working with and building a a, a home for is talking about. Mm-hmm. Is that connection with your family, your loved ones, your community, and, 
And, you know, we just had, a, we were talking at the start of the show, we just had a tree fall in our house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, my first thought was, hey, nobody's hurt. That's fantastic. Like, of course. You know, the cool. house can be fixed. The gutter can be fixed. The hole in the roof, all of that stuff can be repaired. Um, nobody's hurt. We're fine. And we're going to get through this. So mm-hmm. you're a wise young man, my friend, Josh. Hopefully I'm trying to get wiser. <laughs> so uh, we got it. We only got a few minutes left. I want to talk a little bit, uh, just, you know, what are your plans? Like uh, if people wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, I know you're, you're diving into the world of uh, speaking and, uh, and getting on stage and sharing your message of love. And just so how's that looking right now? What's the, what's the plan? That's cool. Um, so yeah, people can get in touch with me on Facebook or Instagram. My Instagram is Josh. Zuniga, that's Z-U-N-I-G-A underscore. And you can type in my first and last name in Facebook. I'll be the, I think I'm the first one that pops up. Um, but as far as what it looks like for the future, I'm definitely honing in on the skill and the, and the craft of what public speaking is to better identify who the audience is, which, you know, I feel like the audience is kind of like a broad thing. When I talk about being love can resonate with a lot of people, but I want to just make sure that I focus on that message and really make sure that it comes across um, in a beautiful way where people can able be able to take that but also share it themselves. So I'm putting in um, some definite hours with that to really train myself to be a better person um, and speak better on stage. And I'm also going to be traveling here within the next few months on different stages as well, getting plugged in with some good uh, people here within that public speaking arena um, to do that. It's something I've been wanting to do for like the last um, 10 years. I didn't think I was going to do it in my 30s, but the universe has been showing so many signs that, hey, you're ready now. Do it, do it, do it. The time is now. So I'm seeking these opportunities and making them work, you know, the best that I can. But definitely there's going to be a lot more content coming from me in 2019 that's going to share more of this message and understanding and wisdom that I have gained, you know, not only from my personal experience but from others and putting it out there for people to listen to, to tune into, and also to share. So you'll see a lot more of me in 2019. I'm very excited about the process. I'd be lying to say if I wasn't nervous in, in a little bit way, but it's definitely going to be something that's going to be um, something of meaning that I hope everybody can really appreciate. Right. That's great. You know, I have a feel, I have a, a, a sort of a, a personal manifesto that I, that I live into and that's uh, one foot in comfort and one foot in chaos. Yeah. I remember you, you told know, me about that. Yeah. Like the yin and the yang, right. And just, yeah, just sure. try to balance that line and stay in the center of it. But that way uh-huh. you're growing, but you've got, you know, you've got some solid backing behind you. Yes. Um, yes. Josh Zuniga, thank you so much for your time today. We are uh, out of time on Money, Mindset, yeah. and Love. I know it's a, an hour just goes by, but um, yeah. I look forward to connecting again. And uh, thank you for sharing your uh, wisdom with us today and your journey. Uh, and um, yeah, we'd love to have you back on the show again, uh, maybe in a year's time and see how that speaking engagement has gone for you and what you're up to in life. And again, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, it's J-O-S-H-Z-U-N-I-G-A on Facebook, correct? Yeah, correct. Awesome. Thanks, Fantastic. Josh. Thank you so much, Thomas. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been an honor. Yes. Uh, you've been listening to Money, Mindset, and Love on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You can reach us at bloomstrategies.com or you can join our Facebook page at moneymindsetandlove.com. All the best. Have a great day. Thank you. 
Thank you for being with us today on Money, Mindset, and Love. Please join host Thomas DeShooter for another amazing show next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And have yourself a great week.